Online marketing isn't just about banner advertising, emails and interrupting your potential audience. People are searching for answers to their questions and content on your website that answers those questions could bring traffic and leads to your business. But creating good content is time consuming. My guest today talks about how to put together great content with minimal fuss. In this episode, you can hear how he's developed an invaluable resource for the social financial advisor. That's right here in episode eight of the Marketing Protection and Finance podcast. Hi, it's Roger Edwards here and welcome to the Empath podcast. This is the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. You can find the notes that go with the show at www.rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath. In the meantime, let's get on with the show and prepare to be inspired. I'm delighted to introduce my guest today, and he is Simon Ryan. Simon left Aviva in 2012, where he had been pioneering social media as a way to reach customers, to set up a company called Social Advisors. Social Advisors Advisor Post service helps the advisor get started and get the most from social media and online marketing. Advisor Post works with several networks including Tenet, Simply Biz, OpenWork and Mortgage Intelligence. In March 2014, Social Advisors earned best use of social media and financial services from the global financial technology magazine, FS Tech. So, Simon, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Roger. I, and and I've I got to say, I really am genuinely quite excited to be here. I've listened to your previous podcast, and, and to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous as well, because you had some great guests uh, that are kind of steeped in, in the world that we're talking about. I feel, still feel like a bit of a newcomer. I've, been, I've only been working around advisors for about five years, so, um, so I'm a bit of a newcomer from, from that point of view. But uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Not a problem. I wanted to invite you on the show, Simon, because I'm intrigued to talk about social advisors because what you're here to do what you're here to help advisors do is to use modern digital media to help promote their businesses in the local area and it's something that I've been really keen on recently in fact one of my uh, latest speeches which I've taken out on the road the title is how the social advisor is key to the future of financial services market growth so that's something we can talk about but before we get into our main discussion Simon let's find a little bit more about you you tell everybody a little bit about your background so that we can get to know you and to find out a little bit about what makes you tick thanks well I've been 20 years in marketing I, I, I thought from when I first left school I wanted to go into marketing I, I just thought that that's the route for me and spent some time in sales and I think like most marketers that was the route into into marketing for me so I ran a sales team for cable and wireless and then I became a national sales manager for cable and wireless as well and, and, and got up to about 100 salespeople. but as as you, you kind of move up that food chain around sales, you tend to start becoming more strategic and marketing becomes a bigger part of your role. So, so I, I, I moved across into marketing and most of my marketing career has been about launching, more by luck than judgment, you know, I didn't plan it that way, to, to launch kind of disruptive innovations. So I, I launched the government's first online portal for, for doing 
transactions with the government online, and that was the planning portal that's still going, going today. And, and when we launched it, there was a team of about 15 of us, I think, in Bristol. I think the team now is nearer to 60. And when, when we started, we had this, this kind of immediate objective to, to try and get the first online planning application done. And I was glad we did it in our Huntingdon, uh, Huntingdonshire, and then we did another one in, in uh, London Borough Southwark. And now about 80% of planning applications are made online. So most of my background has been kind of launching things where it's changing the way uh, industries work. So I, at Cable and Wireless, I was very fortunate to launch, uh, you might remember Mercury one-to-one. I launched that to businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I didn't have a mobile phone myself. You know, so we, we were launching business mode. I launched the, uh, I, I, this, my kids think I'm mad when I say this, but I did launch the internet to small businesses, you know, to Cable and Wireless's businesses. When, when the internet came, some, some of you, you know, listeners remember it used to come as a cd that you put into the computer and you plugged your modem into the phone line and you needed this cd to get onto the internet and you know i, I launched that as well so most of my career and you know i spent a stint at the land register as well trying to launch um helping them to launch buying and selling a house electronically so all sorts of innovations have, have kind of kind of been been the the mainstay of my marketing career and now you're in financial services yes one thing that's very interesting is the current definition of marketing and, and you've already used the word online marketing. And if you look at the Social Advisors website, you use the word content. Let's just discuss a little bit before we get on to the main topic of today's discussion. Let's just talk a little bit about what content marketing is and how it differs perhaps from the more traditional methods of advertising and communication. Yeah, that's a good place to start, actually, because I think the way... Contents come out of the way, uh, a combination of two things, I think. One is technology enabling any business to publish valuable, useful content. And the other thing that's come around that is the way consumers' behavior has changed. So if, if we think back 20 years, if you wanted to buy any service that you want to sure about, the place you generally started would be the Yellow Pages. So you pick up the Yellow Pages and you would find a firm that does the kind of thing you want. And you'd leaf through and you'd phone a few and say, do you do this kind of thing? And, and you used to search for companies. Whereas now people search for a pain point or for some education or for a little bit of knowledge. So they're actually searching not for a company that does it, but they're looking for the answer. So people are going to the internet places like Bing and Google and Yahoo and they are looking for an answer to their questions. They're not looking for a company anymore, they're looking for content. So search is all about content and that's really I guess where online marketing starts it starts with people saying I've got this problem so and it may be okay I've seen the budget there's all this talk about I don't need an annuity now well I don't really know what an annuity was in the first place so the first thing I need to know is what is an annuity and so I'm going to go to Google and search it so you know when we were when I was at Aviva uh, we did some research uh, around the at retirement space to try and understand how people made decisions about their pension when they were kind of five years off retirement and our assumption was they found a professional. In reality, uh, when we looked at their journeys, they went online to understand the jargon. And when they understood the jargon, the next thing they did was they went and spoke to a friend and said, okay, I understand this and I understand drawdowns important and I understand annuities are important and there's an enhanced annuity. I think I've got all that. Who did you speak to about yours? And they would go for a recommendation. And so that was the kind of, so it started online, went offline, may go back online again to find someone, and then went back offline. So online marketing is just one part of the overall marketing 
process and content is, is, is really at the core of that. Does that make sense, Roger? It certainly does. I think that these days, to me, marketing is all about answering people's questions in whatever method you feel is most effective. And that could be a video or a podcast like this or a, mm-hmm. an online article. But you're right. I think I've seen the figure that it's over 90% of purchases these days start with a Google search. And people are actually typing in really quite long questions into Google. So it's not just like they're typing in the word car. Mm-hmm. They'll be typing in, where can I buy a second-hand BMW in Rotherham? Yes. Uh, and then whoever sells second-hand BMWs in Rotherham will turn up on the page. They'll click through, and there they're on their journey towards a purchase. Uh, so, so marketing is all about answering people's questions and, and, and showing up as the person who can answer those questions. People have become much more sophisticated around the search string they put in. So they don't just type in Ford Focus. They'll type in Ford Focus, 50,000 miles, dealers. And, and that, because they'll know that's kind of what they want. And they will start to see not just dealers coming up, but cars that fit that criteria because Google's become much more sophisticated. And equally, the search results each one of us sees will be completely individual. So you and I could type in the identical key keywords to search against. You're in you're near Edinburgh. I'm in Kent. We would get a different search result because it will be based on what Google knows we normally search for. And it will be based on the areas that we're based in as well. So Google's much more sophisticated now at offering unique views. So again, it just reinforces the importance of having really good content on your website. Um, And the other thing about Google, of course, it comes and catalogs your website on an ongoing basis. So you've got to show Google something fresh each time it comes. So if it comes and looks at your website and it sees you've got a nice new blog and perhaps a video, it goes, that's great. When it comes back next week, if it's the same one, it'll say, okay, they haven't refreshed that. Maybe they don't do it so often. We'll come back again. Unless they haven't refreshed it, we'll come back again. It's still not refreshed. Google's going to stop coming back. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to give Google a reason to come back and see your website as well. So what we're really talking about here from a financial advisor's point of view is an opportunity to stand out locally. If you have the right content on your website and the right answers to the right questions, people in your local area who are looking for answers to financial services questions are likely to find you. So let's move on to today's main discussion. And this is where we talk about a business model or a a product launch or a new marketing campaign or simply a hot news story. So, Simon, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I'd love to sit and do a sales pitch for Advisor Post, but I think that would be boring for most of your listeners. So what I'd like to do is talk around principles that Advisor Post are based on, because when I designed the service, it was based on experience of working for Aviva and going and talking to advisors about social media. And three constraints came back from advisors. I don't have time. Even if I do have time, I don't really know what I'm doing. And even if I did know what I'm doing, I've got compliance to deal with. So if we talk around the principles of, of a model that advisors can follow uh, that answers those three three questions and uh, that advisors can do themselves. So if you're an advisor or a mortgage broker, if you just do protection, you can kind of follow this model based on the principles we've just talked about there. And, and if you get stuck, if you don't have the time, then, you know, I'd like to think advisors post could, could fill that gap for you but most of what we do advisors can do themselves but but if you know if you're low on time or skill and compliance is particularly scary then yeah that's that's what we can help with how did you come up with the idea for advisor post 
take us right back to the beginning when the idea first came into your mind, you know, when the light bulb lit up. Talk us through that story and how you developed it into a business. Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of in two halves. So there was the half, or like I say, where I was speaking to advisors and I was getting all of this kind of pushback. Well, it's right for you. You work for a big company. You've got people that can do it and all the rest of it. And uh, and I thought, well, yeah, actually, there's something to that. You, you know, it takes some time, takes some skill. And so I was kind of racking my brains of how can I help advisors do this? But the real epiphany came one morning about two years ago now, around April 2012. And I'd just come back from a two-day stint in Norwich, and it'd been kind of one of those ones where we were shutting rooms, workshopping stuff. So I was lying in my bed, quite tired, and I was listening to the business news in the morning on Radio 4. And the big story was Martin Lewis had sold Money Saving Expert for 90 million quid. And I thought, wow, that's just a blog, effectively. He's just sold a blog for 90 million quid. Now, there's, there's a lot of background to it in terms of his blog was driving something like 70% of money supermarkets traffic. But I just thought, here's a guy that's built something pretty much from scratch. He's really influential. He has authority around what he talks about, like it or not. And I know I know a lot of us in financial services will hear him say things sometimes and cringe a bit and go, I'm not sure that's quite right. But, you know, all, all said and done, he had built something of value. And I thought, well, actually, what if advisors could replicate that, not necessarily on a national basis, but just on a local basis? If you could become a Martin Lewis in your community, then that would have real value to your business. And I thought, actually, I know there's a demand and I know they need to do it. What I need to do is find a way that we can make that Martin Lewis model work for advisors. And how did you go about making it work for advisors, Simon? Well, I started on the content thing. So so um, I spoke to a brilliant guy called Derek Bradley, who many people will know, who runs Panacea Advisor. And, uh, and I just had that conversation with him. Look, the, this is the feedback I'm getting. And look at what Martin Lewis has done. And I think there's something in that so so we launched the service on panacea uh, advisor around spring around easter uh, last year 2013 and and we got some take up and we got some great uh, great firms use it and it, it was just a web service so you went on downloaded some blogs you downloaded some daily posts that we'd put through some compliance and you went away and used them. and all of our advisors that used them at the time came back were going this is great you know i'm posting blogs and i'm getting interest and all of a sudden people are retweeting us this is great but what we also found there was a a bit of a constraint around that and that was it was very manual it was probably taking as much time for advisors to do it themselves so we took it back down at the end of the summer and thought right we've learned a huge amount so we've learned there's value in what we do but we need to make it easier to deliver so we relaunched in uh, in november with some software so that advisors now can log into our software download our blogs access the daily posts, manage all their social media in one place and, and kind of go from there really and and we've just gone from strength to strength really Derek Bradley was actually on the podcast uh, in episode number six just a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, we're recording this a few weeks in advance, so that one hasn't actually um, hit the streets yet. But you're right. Derek has created a fabulous advisor community with Panacea Advisor. He describes it almost like a modern version of the Lloyd's um, of London coffee shop. But like any business, getting something new off the ground, and especially in the quite scary world of social media and content marketing, and as you said as well, 
compliance, unfortunately, takes quite a quite a lot of getting used to in this particular area. What yeah. challenges did you face getting your initiative off the ground, and how did you overcome them to make them work? Let's hear that story, Simon. Yeah, a lot of collaboration and a lot of patience and a lot of persistence. So the first person I pitched this to uh, when we were going back live again with the software was Helen Turner uh, at Tenet. She got it straight away and she said, yes, this is exactly, she said, look, we've been looking for a way to help our advisors get online and get the most from online marketing, particularly social media. I get it. This is fantastic. And she championed us through through Tenet. And I think Tenet, like all networks, are rigorous in their pursuit of compliance excellence. You know, they, they want good compliance. Tenet were great for us. In the nicest possible, put us through the ringer, you know, and the compliance team at Tenet didn't let us um, hide anything. It was, it was warts and all. So we went through that process last summer with them of demonstrating our processes, demonstrating our ability to report and to record, our ability to produce not only good content but content that got through compliance and they were brilliant we went through a process then we did a pilot with tenants that generated some great results so we did a pilot with 10 firms been through the pilot compliance were happy tenant went great we'll, we'll roll it out to everyone else and then of course that makes it so much easier for the other networks I'll go okay that's you know when you go and talk to another network and say look this is the kind of rigorous process we've been through crikey from talking to Helen to us finishing the pilot and rolling it out probably about 9 months and I think you know most of the other networks are going right you've done the pain you've done that kind of learning in, you're in the place where we, where we can work with you now. Just thinking about the actual service that an ad- individual advisor gets when they come to you. So just talk us through what they will get and how it will help them to promote their business locally. There's three things in, in, in the shopping basket effectively. It's a monthly subscription service and there's three things in the service. So we've got some great software so you can manage everything in one place, access our content you, and, and get reports on what's going on. Um, so for example, there's a, there's a live case study on our advisor post website company called Sirius two financial advisors around the East Midlands and we've seen before they came to us they were averaging one visit a day to their website so about 30 visits a month once they started using our service uh, that went up to about 150 visits a month so so, so you've got the software so you can get that kind of data the next thing is content so we produce three blogs a week typically one about protection one about mortgages one about investments and savings so we've got an archive of about 100 blogs so if you don't like the one we've produced that week you can go into the archive we produce videos, so you can post videos on your website. We produce daily posts, so that you've always got something current to talk about that's newsworthy. And then the third part is either support and training or a managed service, so we'll do it for you. So um, that's what's in the package. And um, so typically, uh, an advisor that's doing it themselves on our DIY package, they'll come into the office in the morning about 8.30, schedule their posts for the day, maybe add a blog, maybe add a video to their, their website, promote that to their, to their, their followers, hey look I've just published this blog typically we say that advisors should be able to manage their social media using our system less than you know, around 30 minutes a day and effectively what you're offering people is a library of content and they're selecting from this library and transmitting that content onto their own websites so that it looks as if it's been produced by themselves is that it? Absolutely yeah and it's already been through the compliance of the networks we work with so, so yeah that, that's exactly what it is. It sounds like a really interesting idea and again what you've done is you've taken away the 
the pain. So rather than having to sit down, research, start from scratch, write this content, record this content, video this content, it's all there in one place for people to use almost instantaneously. But what's the one big idea that you would like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from these experiences that you've had? Yeah, I think the main thing is that for advisors to try and understand conversation with their clients new clients or existing clients is going to start online and uh, their clients are online all of the time and they are not necessarily looking for the services that advisors provide so they may not be looking for protection insurance they may not be looking for a mortgage but they are online um, the two traditional ways advisors of one business is referral fantastic and search somebody's looking for but there's a third way which is what we call discovery and that is share interesting stuff with people that know you and trust you like your existing clients and they may go, ah, I know someone that this will be useful for. Or they may go, yeah, I still haven't sorted my mortgage redundancy insurance out. Or, yeah, I know my, I should start a conversation now about my pension because I'm retiring in four years' time. So it's, it's discovery is the big thing, is that advisors have got a real opportunity to say, let's share this interesting stuff and it will spur people on to, to do something. So I'll give you an example. So Paul Reynolds, an advisor up in, uh, in Edinburgh, funny enough, not far from you, he, he phoned me a few weeks ago now and he said, it's, the call started a bit strangely and he said oh Simon I couldn't sleep last night so I got up early and I thought this, well this is the kind of thing that's not normally shared with me <laughs> and, uh, and, and he said so I'll tell you what he said I, I, I thought I'll get online I'll send out a blog so he, he published the blog and emailed it out to his client base by lunchtime he generated two leads and that sounds fantastic and, and I bet a lot of guys are going well I wish I could send an email and get two leads by lunchtime but Paul had built his database up over a long period online marketing is not instant results it takes time to build your data base, build your presence, build your authority build, and your credibility online. But when you do and you start that, so you start that kind of sharing a bit of content and people discover it, it starts to generate business results. One of the main things that I always like to talk about on the Empath podcast is customer focus because rightly or wrongly we're criticised quite often in the financial services industry for not being customer focused but what you're talking about here answering people's questions does sound really actually quite customer focused to me so what are the things that you've been doing with your business model to make financial services more accessible and indeed more acceptable to consumers the biggest part is probably in the way we pull our content uh, together. When we started out, it was very much driven by us. We decided the content schedule. So we decided what blogs we were going to do, what videos we were going to do. Um, now we lead, do that much more in collaboration with uh, our advisors that use our service. And we do it based on saying to them, what are you being asked? Don't come to me and say, uh, oh, I want content about pensions. I want content about drawdown. And it's like, why do you want content about drawdown? If it's because that's what you want to sell, then, then that's perfectly valid. It's going to work best if it's what you're being asked most. doesn't matter if the thing you're being asked most isn't necessarily the thing you want to make most money from because it's about starting a conversation. Our content production now is much more based around advisors saying to us, I'm getting a lot of questions about this. Um, you know, we did a video about affording your next mortgage and because uh, mortgage brokers were getting lots of challenges with people coming in to remortgage and them saying, okay, can you, can you fill out this... Um, 
personal budget. And I go, what do I need a personal budget for? You know, I've got a mortgage. I've paid it. I've been paying it for 10 years. I don't, you know, the video was there to explain that's the way things were done in the past. Lenders have to take into account affordability. So you need to consider affordability as well. And you need to consider, could you still afford it in three, four, five years time? So our content was, is much more driven about what customers are asking us. So any advisor out there that wants to start blogging themselves, because, um, uh, again, a common question we get asked is, you know, what do I write about? Write down the 10 most common questions, 20 most common questions you're being asked. You know, they may be small questions. Just write a blog about that because you know if you get asked that five times a week, then write a blog about it because people, other people are looking for that as well. This, to me, is one of the most important takeaways from our conversation today, Simon. It's looking for, as you said, the 10 or the 20 or even the 30 or the 40 or the 50 questions that you get asked on a day-to-day basis. That's where your content starts. Just as an aside, one of the first podcasts that I ever started listening to, and in fact this podcast was the one that sent me on the journey to launching this one, is an American guy called Marcus Sheridan. He runs a podcast called The Sales Lion. And this guy couldn't be further away from financial services. He started off selling swimming pools. And in the session in in America in 2008 onwards, his company was in serious trouble and he started writing content and effectively what he did is he wrote down the top 50 questions that they ever get asked about swimming pools can you think there are possibly 50 questions about swimming pools but that's another story and he wrote a series of blogs over a series of weeks answering those questions and his business was transformed and he's now one of the biggest sellers of swimming pools in the United States simply because he answered all the questions that he was being asked on a day-to-day basis and yet for him transformed him from being a small guy in a small state in the states to being an international now expert in content marketing and obviously one of the biggest suppliers for being pulls in the u.s nice what's worked well for you simon and what's worked not so well tell us about how you've modified your approach as a result of feedback as you've developed the business model yeah well i suppose the big the big one was when we um had to introduce software to make it easier i think that was the biggest big single biggest um bit of feedback um uh, and originally, we didn't intend to have a managed service. We, we always intended it to be an entirely do-it-yourself do service. But we found, with feedback with, from, from advisors going, do you know what? I don't even have the time to do the outbound thing. You know, they'll, and they'll say, look, I love, I love dealing with mentions and retweets, and I love it when somebody um, comes back on Twitter and says, that was a great blog. But... I don't have that time to just get the outbound. So that was a big step for us. And, 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 and you can imagine creating something where, uh, where people just came and consumed it and you just put it out there was great. When people actually come to you and go, actually, no, I need you to do some of this for me. It was like, oh, okay. I hadn't really planned that. That's, that's a different skill set. In terms of what worked, it, it's interesting. My approach to marketing was, has always been, uh, it's a bit like the, you know, the Parthenon in, in Greece that, that, that built on lots of pillars, that there is no single pillar that's going to hold up your marketing. It, you, you need to do lots of different different types of things. You know, uh, you've got to do a bit of PR and a bit of direct marketing and a little bit of advertising, and a little bit of content, a little bit, you know, you do lots of different things. And consistently doing that has started to pay off. So, but it's just as I say to advisors uh, that this will take time for them. It's taken time for us. Any marketing, 
anyone and any advisor is going to take up is understanding it doesn't generate leads overnight it generates leads over time and those leads that take a little bit longer to grow tend to be the most profitable ones uh, so what's worked for, well for us is, is following our own advice plan execute keep doing it keep doing it little and often and it starts to snowball and you start to generate the business and now for the rewards of all this hard work and investment Simon tell us what results you've achieved since you've launched your business model my favorite one I, I, I talk about is, is is the serious guys so if, if like I said their case study is on the website so when, when um, Dave and Rob first joined when they first spoke to us in February and they said look you know we've got a website we don't have anything in social we don't really get any of this but we're really willing to invest in it and give it a go so um, and they were so open with us that we said, okay, well, we'll work with you if you'll be a case study. And they, they, they agreed to that. And, and just to see their graph where uh, the 12 months up until they, they, they were with us, they were, like I say, they were averaging 30, 30 visits a month. And only 10% of those were staying longer than a minute. And then when they started on the advisor post service, and you can see the traffic went to 150 visits uh, a month and 70% of those were staying longer than a minute. And you think, well, that's fantastic. Now we've, we've built a new website for them. The website's only been live mm, about three, four weeks now. They're getting 500 visits a month, and it's about 90% of people are staying for longer than a minute. That's a fantastic journey to see that. So that means now we can look at the guy's website and say, okay, so that's 500 visits a month. 90% of those are staying over a minute, uh, and the average stay now is like nearly four minutes, three, three and a half to four minutes. But it shows the people that are visiting their website are genuinely interested in what they have to say and and that's then what will start to convert into long-term relationships and long-term relationships of course is what we want in the financial yes. services industry and it's the uh, it's the ongoing future of the IFA's business model I think that a lot of what you've said has resonated this, uh, with me so strongly Simon I've always been an advocate of digital marketing of content marketing all of the things that you've described answering questions providing content that answers those questions is the way to grow your client base, to create referrals, to create leads. And what you've really achieved with AdvisorPost is a library of material that allows IFAs to do just that without having to spend the time and the pain of creating it themselves. And I, and I think that this is a fascinating business model, really exciting, and I, and, I, and I would really encourage the listeners of the Empath Podcast to have a really close look at this. So thanks very much for sharing these ideas with us this morning. And before we go, I always like to finish the Empath Podcast with a quick-fire round of business questions. Are you happy to go for that? Yeah, I've been looking forward to this bit. If there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry, perhaps somebody gives you the proverbial magic wand to wave, what would it be? Oh, crikey. I, th- I think advisors, if there's one thing I could do to help advisors with a magic wand, is, is there's, a, there's a book called The E-Myth by, uh, by a guy called Michael Gerber, and even if advisors don't have time to go and read it, it's understand that they have three main roles, and that is, one is as a manager, obviously uh, they're running the business, the other is, is a, as a craftsman or as a professional, is understanding they have a professional role to do, but the other is understanding they need to have some entrepreneurialism 
about them. And it's my challenge in running my own business, and so I'm not going to preach in, you know, here. It's balancing those three roles. You know, I have to be a social media professional, an online marketing professional. I've got to understand that I have to continually develop my understanding and my, I have to run the business. All the decisions come through me. But at the same time, I've got to have one eye on what's next. Where do I find new markets? How do I, how do I tap into new markets as well? So I think there's one thing I could help the financial services industry understand is that's, you know, we all have those three roles to do. My business idol for the last 20 years has been a guy called Jack Welch who took GE to be a phenomenal business. And he was just a manager and he had to become a leader and an entrepreneur and he had to become, he admitted himself, he was never the smartest guy in the room because he never had the technical knowledge, but he did his best to learn it um, and because he understood that was part of the formula. But the one thing he did say was all that counts is sales and market. Everything else in a business is cost. The only thing that will actually generate more profit or more clients or, or whatever metric you want to, to measure growth is sales and marketing. Everything else is cost. So, um, sorry, that was a bit of a long answer, Roger, for a quick fire round, but that, that's what I'd share. Long answers, short answers, as long as they're good answers, don't matter at all on the Empath podcast, Simon. What's the <laughs> one business model, product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year? Even if it was from a competitor, tell us what it was you liked about it. Well, I tell you what, there's, there's two, two groups of guys that do content marketing phenomenally well. Um, Pete Matthew, who I'm sure most of your listeners will have heard of, uh, is brilliant. His video channel is just brilliant. And he even does a training series for advisors that want to learn how to do the stuff that Advisor Post does. And I th- so I think Pete is brilliant in so many, so many ways. The other guys in, in the more product provider-y kind of world is the Bond Vigilante team. So they're, they're a team of fund managers at M&G that manage, manage their fixed income portfolio of funds that blog regularly uh, and they're called Bond Vigilantes. You'll find them at bondvigilantes.com. Though, you know, if, if you can emulate both of those guys, then fantastic. Success is, success is just around the corner because they're both, they're brilliant. Let me just add my own endorsement to yours of Pete Matthew. Uh, I came across his website a few years ago. He, to me, is the UK version of the aforementioned Marcus Sheridan. Marcus mm-hmm. Sheridan answered the top 50 questions about swimming pools using blog articles. Pete Matthew has answered, crikey, it must be the top 350 questions that people ask about financial services in small, easy-to-watch videos, some of which have been filmed in his garden or on cliff tops or in the street. But he's so simple at putting across these quite complex uh, concepts that you just can't argue with the fact that he is producing amazing content. That answers questions. And, and finally, what's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Well, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat again, Roger. I'm going to give you two. So uh, when I was about 14, my dad gave me a book by Dale Carnegie to read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it got me through my teens because I kind of just understood how to, how to deal with grown-ups a little bit better. And it's a book I've re- reread two or three times. I should go back to it again. How to Win Friends and influence people, you know, bought, written in the, I think it was published around 1945, but it's based on human behaviour that's as relevant now as it, as it, as it was 70 odd years ago, so that's one. More recently, 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I think there's um, very little in there directly, on the face of it, is directly relevant to uh, anyone running a business, whether they're an advisor or whatever, 
but it's the principles of, of, of how he did completely streamline his business. It was him, and he streamlined his entire business, so he, he was able to work a four-hour working week. I haven't emulated that, but the principles I try to follow in my business, where there are a few hands up, handoffs between people, but those handoffs can go between one member of staff and another without having to come through me, so that you can deliver a much better customer experience. The 4-Hour Working Week by Tim Ferriss is a fabulous book, as are his two sequels, The 4-Hour Body, which is all about how to keep fit, and The 4-Hour Chef, which sounds like it's a book on how to become a chef in four hours, but actually it's a book about how to learn almost anything, whether it's how to become a chef or how to learn a new language or how to learn any new skill. He boils it down so that generally you can get the basics in just four hours a week. It's fascinating stuff. And before we sign off, Simon, tell everyone how they can connect with you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, and, of course, your website. Well, that's very kind, Roger. As you'd expect, I'm on all of those platforms and, and more, but the best place to start is probably go to our website, advisorpost. .co.uk. So that's advisor, spelt the lovely English way with an E, advisorpost.co.uk. You can contact me through there. The case study I talked about uh, is on there as well. And there's lots of free materials that people can, uh, listening today can download. So there's some, some how-to guides um, and there's some free videos you can go and watch as well. Fantastic, Simon. Thank you so much for talking to me today about a subject that I'm very, very interested in, very, very keen on. Let me wish you every success for the future, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. Roger, I've had, I've had a ball, and thank you for letting me talk about, about my own little baby advisor post. But if you need any help, you know where we are. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast, also known as the Empath Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at www.rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath for links to the apps and the books and the topics we've discussed today. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be really grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit www.rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a comment. If you are a provider, advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you want to talk about, do please get in touch. I'd be delighted to have you as a guest on the Empath Podcast. And before we go, just to remind you that nothing that my guests and I talk about on the show is intended to be financial advice of any kind. It's just our thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.